हेलो वेलकम टू द सेल्फ लर्निंग पॉडकास्ट बाय डॉक्टर सुषमा सिंह लेट अस स्टार्ट डिस्कशन ऑन यूनिट वन लीगेसी ऑफ नेशनल मूवमेंट विद रेफरेंस टू द डेवलपमेंट राइट्स एंड पार्टिसिपेशन एंड आवर टॉपिक इज गांधीज कंट्रीब्यूशन Among the earliest Gandhian activities in the socio-economic field were his visit to Champaran in Bihar to save the peasants from the exploitation of the British indigo planters. His initiation of peasant satyagraha at Khera in Gujarat against high revenue demands of the government and his intervention in the labor dispute. in the sarabhai textile mills at ahmedabad the first two moves related to the agrarian economy of the a country in which about 95% of the indian people were involved in the second decade of the 20th century and clearly had an anti imperialist as the third related to the industrial relation within an indian owned undertaking gandhi's meditation and moral pressure resulted in a happy ending of the dispute the three episodes in the early life of the gandhi suggest that whereas gandhi took a clear anti imperialist position he was in favor of solving class conflict within the indian society through persuasion he was not in favor of class struggle within the indian society in fact the ahmedabad experience seems to have led him to pronounce his famous theory of trusteeship that advised the owing class to behave as a trustees of the national wealth in the interest of the working class in fact it was probably due to his influence that the ahmedabad textile workers union kept away from the all india trade union congress when it was set up in 1920 even the congress leaders did not join it until the party's gaya conference in 1922 while the congress fought for the interest of the peasants and farmers many of whom actively participated in its satyagraha it was not until about the end of the freedom movement that it raised the demand for land reforms that is abolition of zamindari and other intermediary rights in land and grant of ownership to tillers of land in fact as early as 191893 the indian national congress had demanded permanent settlement of land as in bengal in order to protect the landlords against harassing extortion of the landlords in the roitwadi areas now let us move to the next point gandhi's substance of swaraj 
On January 26, 1930, Total prohibition, reduction of pound rupee exchange ratio from 1 shilling 6 pence to 1 shilling 4 pence. Reduction of land revenue by at least 50 percent and making it subject to legislative control. Abolition of salt tax. Reduction of military expenditure by at least 50 percent to begin with. Reduction of salaries of the highest grade services by half or less, so as to suit the reduced revenue. Protective tariff on foreign cloth, passes of coastal traffic reservation bill, discharge of all political prisoners save those condemned for murder or attempt to murder or trial by ordinary judicial tribunals and withdrawal of all political prosecutions, abolition of the CID or its popular control. Issue of licenses to use firearms for self-defense subject to popular control. The demands it can be seen water down the concept of complete independence envisaged by the Lahore resolution of the Congress. On the other hand, all of them except the first had an anti-imperialist edge. Further, except for the ninth and tenth demand, all of them had an economic bearing. Now, let us move to the next point, the Karachi Resolution of the Congress. The resolution of the Karachi session of the All India Congress Committee that was passed in 1931 was the first clear statement of the socio-economic contents of the freedom movement. It laid down that the organization of economic life must conform to the principle of justice to the end that it must secure a decent standard of living. The state would safeguard the interest of the workers and secure for them by suitable legislation and in other ways a living ways healthy conditions of working limited hours of labor suitable machinery for settling industrial disputes and social insurance liberation of agricultural labor from conditions of serfdom and protection of interest of women workers were promised Child labor in factories and mines was to be banned. Peasants and workers would be free 
to form unions. The system of land tenure would be reformed. Peasants were promised an equitable adjustment of burden on agricultural land, immediate relief to the small peasantry through substantial reduction of rent and revenue, exemption in the cases of uneconomic holding and imposition of graded agricultural income tax. Death duties at the graduated rate over property above a limit were envisaged. Relief of agricultural indebtedness and control of fishery, direct or and indirect, were promised. Military expenditure would be reduced. The state would also provide military training to its citizens. The ceiling of the civil servant's salary would be rupees 500. The state would protect indigenous cloth against foreign clothes. The other indigenous industries would be likewise protected against foreign competition. Intoxicating drinks and the drugs would be totally prohibited. Currency and exchange would be regulated in the national interest. The state would own or control key industries and services, mineral resources, railways, waterways, shipping and other means of public transport. When the Congress party came to the power in several provinces in 1939, they tried to deliver on the some of the prom promises, but they held power for a little over two years. Besides, there was pressures from the European and native wasted interest. The promises were only partially fulfilled. About 20 years after Karachi session, the Indian constitution largely enshrined the promises made in 1931. Now let us wind up the session, take rest. Thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self-learning podcast.